Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, September 16th. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Folks, we have a special one. Yeah, I said folks already. First sentence tonight, I take a lot of shit. Well, so am I, but I take a lot of smack from the wife about, I use the word folks too much. So every time I say it, we're supposed to drink. Uh, so yeah, whatever. I'll drink in a minute. Um, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, he is an 18 year old who just won the Republican primary for the Frederick County council seat, uh, beating the incumbent Republican and is getting ready to go into the November 8th general election uh, where he'll be, uh, you know, battling it out against uh, his Democratic opponent. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Mason Carter. Mason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Jimmy! <laughs> it is, oh, yeah, before we get into the Mason stuff, we got to say, Jimmy, Jimmy's got bragging rights right now so uh this is jimmy's second year hunting yeah yeah well kind of like i kind of like half season yeah, last year. yeah wasn't really like a full season for you uh jimmy shot his first deer today Woo! so he's and he's a buck. And, and a buck and it was with uh, his compound bow yeah so you know he he got the trifecta he got the buck out of the way he got the first compound bow kill uh Yep, 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 that was a nice buck, nice little five-pointer. Nothing, not a huge rack, but it was just, it was a nice size deer, and um, yeah, it felt good. Felt good about it. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm ready to get... Uh, so Jimmy didn't fail the show today. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Still don't know what that means. Still don't know what that means. What was it, Ryan? Give me something, give it back. It's too funny. Anyway, getting back to what we're here to talk about right. tonight, uh... So Mason, uh, we, we, I want to start kind of, I always like to go in kind of chronological order, but we don't have to do that. Um, but what made you, because you, you started uh, really pushing your candidacy while you were still in high school. You were 17, I think, right, when I right. first started hearing about you uh, wanting to run. So what, what drove you to do that? Yeah, so when I first started um, preparing this campaign, I was newly 17 mm. i just turned 17 um and though though i'm so young everything's about the future right and so i knew that in four five six seven years from now i'd be welcoming my own family into frederick county and as it stands right now with our economy our schools our public safety um i didn't view it as as something that i really could do or could do comfortably mm -hmm. and so this whole campaign has been about creating a better place for families in frederick county that's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I was curious because I don't know, you know, I, I've enjoyed politics for a considerable long time. I've never really considered ever running for anything, but I've been involved over the years. And um, so I've always, I always wonder what makes somebody make that decision that, right. hey, this is the, this is what I'm going to do. And usually, it, you know, I mean, look at most of our politicians now, I think most of them are like 70 plus years yeah, old, yeah, but yeah, they've yeah. been in the game for 60 years, 50 years, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm always curious as to what, what made that driving decision uh, that, yeah, this is the route I want to go. So 
Yeah, you know, it, it was an easy decision to make. Um, I never thought about running until, mm-hmm. you know, a few months before filing. I always kind of view myself and view my future as someone in the background and working as a you know, chief of staff one day as a staffer. I've, I've worked on campaigns as a campaign manager before filing, and I was a volunteer on the Neil Parrott campaign in 2020. Gotcha. You're really young. I mean, to do to get involved in that, it's kind of yeah. I want, I'm I'm very interested in how you got into politics at all. Like, was there a specific topic or a thing that happened in history? You know, not that long ago that that piqued your interest because you know how many teenagers in school think about not just they even think about politics, not not uh, let alone getting involved in politics. So, I mean, because. Teenagers nowadays, they can't even tell you who our, who our president is. A lot of them, it's ridiculous. Right. Like, it's crazy. So was, was there anything that kind of triggered you, you know, initially? I would say that, you know, so I, I don't come from a political family. Everybody always asks me mm. and ask my parents, how, how do you get them into it? But, um, you know, prior to this year, I think my mom had voted twice and my dad maybe three <laughs> times. Um, but my, my interest was really peaked in 2015 when, um, then President Trump, or candidate Trump, excuse me, uh, was starting to change the game. You know, we, we saw all the debates, and um, he really just changed what politics was and what a, what a politician <laughs> per se is. And so, just from there, I kept on listening, kept on reading. Then I really got into it, and then eventually got to the stage where um, well, I was done just reading like about it. At this time, right? I, I would be. I would have. I've been eleven. I'm 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that would have been 11. I was trying to give you a little bit, but man, 11. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And then the follow I was drawing between the lines, and I was also reading about tax law. You know? And not just, not just <laughs> the, like, to be at 11. You know, how many 11-year-olds say, I want to be a police officer when I grow up, or I want to be a fireman when I grow up, but then to actually follow through with yeah. it, that's that's amazing to me. Um, how much credit, or uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the primary um, where you went up against uh, the incumbent Republican who was already uh, a council member. Um, how much credence do you give that um, his lack of his lack of campaigning, would it seem to me, mm-hmm. his lack of campaigning um, was maybe um, what's the word I'm looking for, Jimmy? Uh, where some oh he underestimated because of your age he underestimated the your the seriousness of your candidacy right you know and so I think that the main theme of his campaign was was inactivity mm-hmm. and so that goes way way beyond or way prior to this year um, as I spoke to our municipal leaders or organizations uh, the message has always been the same where you know we we haven't heard from Mike we haven't heard from Mike we haven't seen him. Uh, we can't get a hold of Mike, and so that just that that theme just found its way and bled into his campaign this year. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, he said to himself in the in the news post where um, he he underestimated my my ability to get out the vote. Yeah, he didn't think that people would vote for someone so young, but uh, you know, here we are, right? I'll be honest. I really I thought that that was going to hurt you a lot more. Mm-hmm. I just thought yeah, I saw, I've seen so many commenters and things just dismiss you immediately because of your age. And, I, and that's very unfortunate because no matter what, I, from what I've seen from you, your opinions seem to be very well thought out um, and on point. And, you know, so your age should not matter. If somebody can challenge you based on the content, that's what should matter, not just your age. And, and, and yes, you have an inexperience, but I'd like to see 
um, you know, what, what you got in mind. Yeah, you know, um, since I was, this is before I was born, uh, we've been electing candidates nationwide, statewide, countywide, that have made the same promises and campaigned on the same issues, yet here we are um, in a worse position than we were before. And uh, uh, folks just want to get a, uh, I said folks. You said folks. Uh, yeah. uh, he, uh, so Mason's only 18. I got a drink. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's going to take a fresh voice uh, to create real change, a new energy. And uh, you know, that, that's why this whole campaign um, has found itself here. on Twitter. Well, and it's been successful. Um, I mean, I, I can't think, honestly, other than our sheriff, who's a very experienced uh, campaigner. I think this is his fifth uh, campaign, um, for sheriff anyway. Um, uh, you know, your, your name recognition now in the County, um, is probably, I would say second to his, because I don't, I mean, I don't see anything on your opponent. Um, I haven't seen signs. I haven't seen, uh, any of those things. I haven't seen any of Chuck Jenkins, our sheriff's Opponent. I think I've seen maybe two signs yeah, for, and this is the same guy that runs against him every year, but, um, yeah. but you don't see him out campaigning. Mason, you just got done. Uh, I think going out and meeting with, uh, farmers, uh, yep. you spent, uh, you know, I guess it was a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, about eight hours. I think it was. Yeah. And, and just going out to the local farms and, and meeting the local farmers. I mean, and, and, you know, you don't see a lot of our politicians even here at the local level doing that kind of stuff. So, um, I think that's important, and I think that that's why um, you know you're you're certainly getting the support uh, uh, countywide, as far as I can tell, uh, Jimmy. I don't know, Jimmy, if you see it differently, but no, no, no. So, um, what do you think? So, I guess the following that is, I had heard a rumor that uh, the the candidate or the incumbent that you'd be uh, blue, Mike Blue. Right, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, uh, was potentially going to run as a write-in candidate or a third-party candidate to try to kind of crush your vote. I guess it would be. Um, have you heard that? Or so I mean, he he made that comment to the news post um, days after the um, the election was certified. Mm -hmm. However, um, under under new state law, this came from last session in the state house that um, a candidate who loses the primary cannot run in a general election. Uh -huh. So it, it wouldn't be lawful for him to run a writing campaign. Um, so I, I, I doubt, I don't think he'll write a, he'll run a writing campaign then. Um, but if you put in the same amount of effort he did in his, in his primary, bid, I don't <laughs> think we have too much to worry about. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like it. It was certainly concerning to me that if he was going to try to push that, that all that's going to do is take away from you. That's not going to mm. really give him any legitimate shot. So, yeah. and, and I can't imagine that he would want to do that. I mean, from a principal standpoint, mm -hmm. there's no way he can despise you to that ex that extent no. just to like sabotage your campaign. So he should be getting behind you and, and you know what, and run again the, the next time if he really wants to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your, um, uh, your opponent? Uh, here in the general election, uh, I've searched uh, and like I, I, I reached out to her as well um, to see if she wanted to come on and do a show. I haven't heard back from her. Um, doesn't mean I won't, but I haven't as of yet. Uh, my problem is I haven't been able to find anything as far as where she stands on any issues. Um, I know you have a, a Facebook page and a website and and all these things. And I think you very clearly lay out 
uh, your your thoughts on you know different issues that are going on in the county. Uh, I can't find out about her. So what do you know about her? Well, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll fill that void for you real quick. <laughs> uh, so you know, just like as anyone else, I can't find too much on her. Um, however, uh, our good friends at the uh, the Frederick County Progressives helped us out a bit by endorsing her. So now we know that she's going to vote to increase our taxes. She's going to handcuff and defund our police. You know, that she's going to strangle businesses with new regulations. She's going to um, strangle our farmers with new environmental regulations. Um, so, our, yeah. So she's basically running there, a straightforward yeah. progressive yeah. I mean, it's platform. Like, I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the game. <laughs> we say it all the time. The, the pretty much the, the standard playbook for the progressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to make it even clearer, she's endorsed by, or at least supported by our good friend Kai Hagen. Oh, well, there and, you go. Uh, oh. And, Jan six, uh, January sixth, uh, commission chairman, uh, Mr. Jimmy Raskin. Uh, so you know exactly where she stands on everything there. Yeah. So those of you, if you if you haven't listened to episodes going super far back, uh, Kai Hagen is a uh, current sitting county council member uh, who took it upon himself to pull over behind one of our sheriff's deputies who had somebody pulled over. We talked about this in a show a while back. Um, pulled over, pulled over, decided to pull up uh, on a sheriff who was at a, a vehicle stop on the highway um, and, and flex his, you know, I think guy weighs like 92 pounds soaking wet anyway, but um, decided to try to flex his uh, muscles there with the sheriff and uh, and go too well for him. He ran for county executive this time and got slaughtered mm-hmm. by his own party. Yeah, so, seemed like a good move, whatever. But what the you know they always say that it's hard to beat an incumbent, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like you're you're fighting an uphill battle on right. because you know they have a known commodity, and if that yeah. known commodity, uh, but your victory in the primary was. You know, for the amount of votes we get in this district, we're right. a small we're a small town. Uh, but you had a pretty significant victory over him. I mean, it was like over 500 votes, wasn't it? Well, so on election day, um, we were up around 500 votes here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as the mail-in votes came in, uh, our, our lead shrunk a little bit, but I think it ended up around 370 to 400 votes total. Yeah, and that was only what? So it's a little over 2,000 votes a piece, or something like that, or so was it more? I, than I that? was at 2,800. I think he was at 2425. Yeah. So um, I mean, a 300 vote. A 300 vote difference in that um, in that amount of votes is is a huge. That's a huge win over an incumbent. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously a message sender, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Right. It, yeah, it, it speaks to you know what you've done up until this point. So congratulations on that. I appreciate it. And and I'll tell you, uh, I know a lot of our, a lot of my listeners are out of state. I have a mm-hmm. lot of out of state listeners. We have a pretty significant listening uh, here in the Frederick County area, but I have a lot that are out of state. And so, um, you know, M- Mason's uh, campaign, and I'm certainly you know. I'm just the guy who's sitting here talking, but uh, from what I've seen, uh, his campaign has been run almost flawlessly. I mean, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen or read anything. I mean, even when our the Frederick News Post, which is our liberal garb newspaper here in town, um, I haven't even seen them be able to write anything negative about anything that you've done or said, anything that you stand for. I mean, obviously, they're going to go after and praise the liberal you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I've seen no negative, uh, even from them on you. So, uh, kudos to you, whatever you're doing, <laughs> it must be working. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've done our best. Um, 
I've been running this campaign uh, with a lot, a lot of good allies that we've met around all across the way. So uh, I can't take all the credit myself, <laughs> right? The whole myth of the self-made man, because um, we've had so much, so much help across the community and from you know average folk to yeah. you know former commissioners and councilmen. I have like a two-part question for you then, kind of along those lines, because I'm curious about how you think you can be successful in accomplishing the, the goals that, that you um, that you set out for yourself and, you know, for the county. And in that process, do you see yourself being able to kind of reach across the aisle and work with your counterparts, work with them? And, you know, that... I, I would think that that should be part of how you can be successful, but that's a very difficult task because right. it feels like, you know, you're completely opposite from the platform of your, of your opponents. Right. What do you think about that? Right. So, um, my, my platform is pretty bipartisan, right? It, it's not a okay. Republican or Democrat view to want your kid to be able to safely walk to school. Right. It's not a Republican or Democrat view for you to want to keep some extra money in your pocket every, every month, every year. And it's not a Republican or Democrat view for you to want your kid to get a high quality education. And so these are all things that we all want and just about doing it the right way, going about it the right way. And so I think that we're going to be able to do that uh, once we get elected on the county council. Um, and I think it's, we're going to do it rather easily because I think that we're going to get a majority back on our council for the first time since 2014. And I was just going to ask you that. What are you, what are you seeing is the makeup of the council uh, after the election, do you see it as, I mean, do you think that it's strong enough where it is going to be a majority, um, Republican, uh, council, or do you think that it's going to remain how it has been? You know, we've quite frankly, if we've had, uh, you know, Jan Gardner, our County executive for what, eight years now or whatever it's been. Um, and I don't even know who the hell was in there before that, but, um, I mean, to my knowledge, she really hasn't done anything. I haven't really seen good or bad, I guess, because I haven't really seen much change other than the, um, you know, increase in building and, and all that stuff here in, in the county, which is a big deal in the county. We're a big right. agricultural um, community and, you know, the encroachment of the, you know, Montgomery County kind of thought process, liberal thought process on destroying every farm you possibly can to build townhouses um, has kind of been one of her priorities. But uh, uh, yeah, so I'm just curious, you know, what you think the makeup of the board is going to be? Mm, I, our, our outlook is very bright. Mm -hmm. And so we have some very, very good candidates, very qualified candidates running across the board here. And that goes from our federal candidates down to our local uh, candidates here in Frederick County. And so um, we definitely foresee retaking the majority on our county council. And I definitely believe that um, our great Mike Huff is going to to beat J Jessica Fitzwater. I like to call her Alex Sharpton because she likes to play the race card all the time. Well, so, and just real quick on that. So, uh, Fitzwater, <laughs> we played that clip last week. Uh, she's the one, if you listened to the show last week, that's the clip we played uh, of the the female who's running for our county executive who said that, uh, you know, basically because we're white, we're all racist. Um, and that's, you know, basically just deal with it. Just deal with the fact that you're racist because you're white and, uh, and, and move on. Uh, so that, that's who he's talking about there. And she's running for county executive, uh, 
But uh, now Mike is a state senator. Correct. Now, mm -hmm. and he's running for county executive here. So, um, yeah, hopefully. And, and again, other than her commercial where he's prominently put her on our TV screens every night, um, I really haven't heard anything from her campaign either uh, outside, outside of that. And we talked, one of the things that I get on all the time and, and I get on my rants is why are we not seeing, uh, you know, usually we're what 50 something days from the election mm -hmm. right now. So usually by now, you know, we're getting bombarded, we're getting bombarded with commercials and, and, you know, political attacks on opponents and all that stuff. You're not seeing it. I mean, I see Mike's, commercials right. um, but his are really about the only ones that mm -hmm. i'm seeing so i'm it's it's confusing to me during an election like you know uh, a cycle as close as we are to the actual uh, uh election that uh that's just not happening and you know i'm i mean i guess i have my own thoughts on that but um and, and it doesn't disappoint me too much that i'm not getting bombarded by commercials but but at the same time it's so out of the ordinary it's such a unique uh, election I guess cycle. I always felt like they're letting them hang themselves with their own rope because they're they're doing themselves no favors. I mean, if anybody wants to know how this progressive agenda is going to work, and if, if that's your opponent's platform, I mean, we've seen it the last couple of years with this administration. So, yeah, and I hear that, and may, maybe you, maybe Mason, you want to chime in on this too, but. You can't rest on your laurels. You can't rest on the fact that you're expecting people to to gravitate towards what they've felt over the last two years. We see it all the time, where you know they'll you know we'll use immigration as an as a as an example, where you know yeah everybody knows that the border is wide open, but if you look at the polls, it's like the number four concern. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, maybe it besides inflation, so but more than think yeah, and 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 it, it, how much it impacts inflation, and how much it impacts everything else that we do, because the cost associated. They came out yesterday and they said that the cost of every single immigrant per year, at a minimum, is ten thousand dollars. If we've had two million come across the border illegally this year, at ten thousand dollars a piece. You don't think that that has an impact on our economy? Absolutely. I mean, so, and, and those are the kind, and Chuck Jenkins, our sheriff, um, you know, he's really big on the 287G program, which, um, you know, of course, your opponents are are staunchly against and, and all that. Um, but what, what do you think you can do um, as a member of the council to, to kind of assist him uh, in, in maintaining and continuing that program? Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, very early on in the campaign, I, I, I sat down and I met with Chuck. Um, we talked about uh, policing and mm -hmm. everything that, that could be done with policing. Because, uh, of course, something needs to change. And so the, the, the one thing that really stuck out to me, the one thing he told me to do, was to leave them alone. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's what our police want. want, <laughs> want. They, they want us to be left. They want to be left alone by us. Because right now, as it stands, there's no one on, the, on our county council who's a police officer. Mm. So how are they supposed to you know, write a bill or legislate um, to affect the police officer when they have no experience at all. Maybe, maybe Kai Hagen has a little bit. Um, well, he thinks but, he does. But, 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 <laughs> he but thinks not he enough to write a bill about yeah. it. You know, so we just gotta be hands off with our police officers. We gotta we gotta handcuff our criminals, not our police officers. Yeah. And we gotta reject this, these policies and regulations that make their job so much harder. This is already hard enough in the state. 
because then they, they make our enough. Right. So if we can help them out and ease the burden a little bit on our county level, we got to do that. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you said that because uh, uh, one of the things that I was talking about or reading about today was the, uh, and I hate that they're calling it this. I mean, it's kind of funny and I understand why they're doing it, but the purge bill that was, uh, I don't know if it was actually voted on today or it, it, it's been voted on and it's supposed to be enacted um, January 1st in, in Illinois where it's the no cash bond Oh. bill so uh, you know now everybody who gets arrested and you know lord knows chicago and there's no arrest there um there's no crime there apparently um uh you know there's no cash now there now there's no cash bond like it, it's gone it doesn't exist effective january 1st so uh, and i i feel like some of our councilmen uh current uh would be fine with that um, so I would, I, and I'm assuming that you're probably not fine with that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but those are the kinds of things that I think, um, uh, you know, we, we act, we seriously need to take, cause we are getting encroached upon mm -hmm. by our sister or our neighboring County. Um, you know, you see it's, it's in Urbana and, mm -hmm. and slowly migrating, uh, more and more, you know, downtown Frederick has become mm -hmm. very uh, blue. Um, right. So uh, I can see policies like that creeping in uh, potentially if we don't get out and vote for the things that we want. Yeah. You know, and, and people seem to forget that two of the last four mayors of the city of Frederick were Republicans. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this was not a city that was deep, deep blue. Right. This, right. this was a maybe purple city mm -hmm. light blue city and which is I, good in a in a state that's like staunchly right, blue right but now of course that's that's not how it stands anymore it's just gone progressively to the left progressively more blue yeah and it's crazy because we're not in you know and it is so i don't want to say demographic because that's not really the right word but it's kind of what it is we, we live the county we live in is is that that you would never think would would ever go and because we have too much riding on policies our farmers mm -hmm. we have too much riding on those types of policies um the any progressive uh policy that affects the environment is going to kill them and so it's just it it's crazy to me that but that also goes to the other side where, you know, if you get the farms out of here, if you get rid of the farms and you build townhouses and you build hotels and you build those things on what used to be farmland, you get rid of that population. Right. And so that's kind of, there you go. That's the purge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess we could, we could call it uh, kind of that. So what other things when you get on council, because uh, I say when you're going to get on council, um, uh, what other things, are, what are your top priorities? Yeah, I touched on before is improving our economy, right? Decre decreasing the property tax and to keep more money in the pocket of families every month, mm -hmm. every year, and um, you know, strengthening our schools. Right? That's super important to me. We're um, going to talk about the school board in a minute. Yeah, yeah, got a lot, a lot to talk about there. But we got to decrease our class sizes to allow more one-on-one -on -one time with with, uh, with teachers, and we can, we can easily do that. I mean, our, our schools are way over capacity, you know. Where we capacity, we need to use some of that budget that we have, some of that surplus we have, and put that into building new schools and improving existing ones. 
And then lastly, like we were talking about public safety, we got like I said again, handcuff criminals, not police, and reject the regulations that make the job harder. Yeah, you. So you just came out of school. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were in a Frederick County High School last year. Mm -hmm. um, so, what is your thought on uh, our school board and the the in particular the uh, curriculum? Uh, you know, we had April Montgomery on here. Mm -hmm. I, you know who she is. Mm -hmm. um, we had April on here a couple weeks ago, um, and I, I mean, she's a phenomenal advocate right. for. Uh, the the school curriculum stuff, and I just watched a video of her today where she uh, got up and spoke in front of the board. I think yesterday, um, yeah, I think it was yesterday. Um, and uh, but what are you, what do you what do you think that as a council member, what kind of influence do you think you would have over uh, any of the curriculum type stuff on the board? You know, so as it stands right now, um, the board of education is very autonomous. Mm -hmm. There are very, very little checks and balances when it comes to Board of Education. And so that's something that I've started to begin a discussion about, is creating more oversight on the Board of Education. Just like we have from the state, where they, they create certain um, parameters that counties have to have to meet with their budget, um, I would like to create those same parameters for Board of Education. Because basically right now, as it stands, we give them a blank check, they write it for themselves, and then there goes the money, we don't see it ever again. And so I like, there needs to be more accountability in how they spend their money. And we, we got to be able to know where that money's going. And so I would love to create some oversight on the Board of Education to ensure that the money is going to the right places and ensure that they're um, they're not moving all their money to, to uh, staff. Yeah. Right? Because I think that um, Cindy Rose, so she's our um, Board of Education candidate right now with her slate, uh, she said that there's about 80% of our budget goes to staffing, which leads 20% to our students yeah, and our teachers. That's not surprising. Yeah, that's not it's not surprising, but... Um, it's really not good, right? Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're giving you know astronomical amount of money, which I'm sure we are, because we have a ton of high schools mm -hmm. in our county, and, and you know, and you know, for every high school, there's three middle schools. <laughs> for every middle, for every or two middle schools, for every two middle schools, there's what four elementary schools. Um, so there's always going to be a huge budget, um, and you know, that's a lot of staff. Uh, I'm not saying that teachers don't deserve higher pay i just i'm a firm believer and i i think that it should not be an across the board thing i'm a, i'm a huge advocate for performance pay for performance mm -hmm. yeah and that's very similar to the to the 15 hour minimum wage thing we always mm -hmm. hear that teachers are understaffed underpaid and, and, and uh, overworked yeah. um so and they provide an immensely valuable service don't get me wrong i really appreciate them but you can only you know do so much you you can't just ever increase people's pay and that kind of thing and because like you said you can't just pay people that are not performing either right. so there, there's a balance there to be struck like um you know i was a former soldier and that's the same thing in the military where you know every, they or soldiers need more money and blah 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 that kind of thing so um i really would like to see more value be put into the quality of our teachers and getting them more support. I think you touched on mm -hmm. having more more teachers per students, and I've always felt that more individual attention will keep students from falling to the wayside and getting left behind. Mm -hmm. um, I think, especially like the younger years. That's but that's a hard sell without increasing a budget 
because you're increasing the amount of teachers, obviously, because the student population isn't dwindling. Yeah, and no, I, I wouldn't, I, I would say increasing the budget is important, but not just to necessarily boost pay, but to bring in more teachers and take the pressure, alleviate the pressure off of some of these teachers. I'm all, education, you know, if we're going to... And we suck at it, by the way. If we're going to that, you know, socially, which we do, makes sense, I think that should be a very, one of our top priorities. I mean, the, the, the investment in our youth is one of the top priorities you could possibly have so I, I mean and what do you think what do you think the percentage of money um that can be cut out uh by getting rid of this uh you know social justice shit that we're dealing with potentially in our schools now you know it's not it's no longer just english math history it's now english math history alternate hift alternate history uh pronouns uh, um, how much money from how much money could be cut out from that? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, right? because we don't have we don't really know the board of education budget, right? We just give them the plain check; they do what they want with it. And so, having more accountability, more oversight on the board of education can really shore up those uncertainties there. No, that's good. I want to push back as much, or maybe give you an opportunity to expand on that because more oversight. To me, I'm concerned that that means more bloating of the government, essentially. So if you're adding to versus taking away, you know, rather than, I think it makes sense to have more oversight as in more transparency. Mm -hmm. You can consider policies that, that create more transparency. Right. Or are you talking about bringing in somebody or, you know, having positions created to no, 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 yeah no yeah definitely not you know my, my whole mantra of this whole campaign has been um all through back out of your pocket mm -hmm. right so I, I want the government out of your life I want it out, of, out of your life out of your pocket and so um and over, over the last eight years we're talking about Jan Gardner um she's been a specialist in creating new positions right we, we have new directors secretaries you name it. we have all these new uh workers and bureaucrats who are unaccountable we're not we don't we're not able to hold them accountable because they're not elected and then they're making you know six figures um and so definitely when it comes to oversight we're looking at policies to make um, our board of education and their budget you know 100 times more uh, transparent than what it needs to be i think that makes sense and, and so that goes back to the point that i was trying to make about um increasing budgets in the key areas can be done without bringing in more taxes, it's reallocating those mm -hmm. funds from those wasted services that, that are not necessary. They're just positions created and there's no accountability for them. Right. And yeah, I think that makes total sense to me. I, I think that's the most important. Yeah. I mean, money is always an issue, right? I mean, you, 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 you know, but we see it from very different uh, perspectives, whereas most conservative Republicans Okay, maybe not at the federal level these days, but <laughs> but at least at the local level, um, you know, as a conservative Republican, you know, we, that's what we want. We want stuff cut back. We want to still have an effective program in whatever it is, but we want it to be efficient. We want it to be run correctly. We want it, you know, managed. Um, and you just don't see that much anymore because of the same things you're talking about is where, you know, if a, a city council is or a county council is writing a blank check 
and handing it to somebody, then you know you don't know at the end of the year what you've spent on X, Y, and Z because there's no requirement for that board to come back and say, oh, by the way, yeah, we spent uh, you know six hundred thousand dollars on CRT, or we spent uh, five hundred thousand dollars on uh, a pronoun course. Uh, to teach kids, uh, you know, how to be respectful and, and, you know, placate other people's delusion. I guess, Sam, I mean, you know, all <laughs> these diversity and inclusion. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Like, uh, and things like that. It's like, and I apologize, Mason. We do cuss on this show, so. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, I cuss on this <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know when this became, like, such an issue where, where diversity fell apart. Like, I feel like we've always been just naturally progressing towards a more diverse community and, you know, in programs. Like, we've, we've established that you can rise to any level from any walk of life, I guess, really, whether it's your race or your, your ideology or, you know, your preference, whatever it is. So, well, and that's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective because you were just there. Was that an issue? I mean, was that an an overarching issue in school where, you know, kids were having those types of issues with each other? You know, I I said it's mostly not an issue. You know, racism is is, is not an issue in most facets of of our society, right? But when we begin these these courses and these organizations who are teaching us to look at every single thing through the lens of race, then those those issues are going to be magnified right right and so i think it's totally um wrong what we're yeah. doing i think that we need to we need to get away from the divisive the crt yeah and it's these divisive organizations that are pushing um and you know, for lack of better words race baiting yeah right no that's exactly what it is 100 percent what it is um and you know glenn youngkin the new governor of virginia i mean he very very clearly won his election running on that very uh that very program that very topic mm-hmm. um he he literally destroyed i don't even remember what the guy's name was now terry mccullough terry mccullough yeah he, he freaking destroyed that guy uh-huh. and he destroyed him because they wanted to play the race baiting game and he was like no nah, we're not going to do it and parents you're going to have a choice and you're going to have say in what your kids are taught in school and you know, and, and the people of Virginia, which Northern Virginia is not a unliberal place. Um, I don't know if you've ever been there, but um, it, it is a heavily liberal place. And if the parents there um, decided that they were going to vote for somebody who didn't support that stuff, then that should tell you how popular it is throughout the rest of the country. So, um, yeah, I think that's an important issue. But what can what can the uh, the city council do, I guess, to to really influence any type of change because they're going through it right now. They're going through the whole curriculum mm-hmm. selection. You know, we'll talk about we have this thing uh, here in the county, uh, our board of education, where they're talking about um, the new health program where um you know it and it, and it's all this stuff it's all this social justice stuff wrapped in you know and sex ed and and all these things wrapped in mm-hmm. the problem is is when you talk to the folks that are on there and i said folks again um when you talk to the people that are on there they say oh yeah but you can opt out you can opt your child out from doing it and then the follow-up question was well, well, well what 
because they have to have that credit. They have to have those credits to graduate. So you say, oh, okay, they can opt out. Well, what do they have to take in place? Well, we don't know. It hasn't been developed yet. That's the answer we get. So what influence can the count can the, can the city or can the county council have any influence over that? You know, with, with how it stands with the autonomy and the lack of checks and balances on our board of education, um, there's nothing that the that the county government can do directly, mm-hmm. right? But um, you, me, Jimmy, we, we all what we all can do is we can head to the polls on November eighth and vote <laughs> out those people that have been sitting on our board for the last four, eight, sixteen years, yeah. right? Who have been pushing this for the last four, eight, and sixteen years? Yeah. Those are questions I had for April when she was here because it's it's very frustrating that the education system is so dominated by the left, and you know, and their whole election is supposedly nonpartisan, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they don't. Even well, they're not on the ballots. Yeah. They're not on the ballots as a party, but it's very clear. Yeah, it is, it, but it makes it very difficult to say. Look, yeah, because you don't remember names. There's yeah, twenty exactly. people on there. Yeah. The values that I want, but if if whatever ninety percent of the candidates that are there don't, you know, hold the same values that I mm-hmm. do, what are you going to do? I mean, then they're just going to win. I don't know. It's, it, they get uh, people that hold similar values. I think that we do get pushed out. Sure, yeah. And it's very frustrating. And so hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully that there's enough people that have the courage, like you're both. To continue on and push and, and step up and, and um, don't take flack because it's tough. It's tough for parents. It's tough for parents mm-hmm. in the community to keep up with all that. It's easy to, to be bypassed and not realize what your kids are being taught. Um, you know, I don't know. I just it, I appreciate the people that are like you guys that are staying involved and keeping as much accountability as you can on the right And do you feel like, do you feel like your opinions on stuff are the unpopular opinions or have you gotten a sense more that it's maybe the popular opinion, but people just aren't necessarily um, outwardly expressing that that's the same opinion they share? Are we we talking countywide? Yeah, countywide. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so countywide, I think that it's a great mix, you know, Um, but when it gets down to the core issues, Right, Republicans win. Mm-hmm. Right, our our views, Republican conservatives, um, we win. And so it's it's about actually getting out and promoting those those values, those principles, those policies, and we win. And so that that's that's all it really takes is is a candidate that's willing to put in the time, the effort, and um, the money too. Yeah. Um, to spread that message. I and, think the pub. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I go. think the public in general is pretty ignorant to most of the issues. <laughs> I agree with that. Even if the, even among the voters, a lot of them are still ignorant. They just go vote because they think it's their duty, but they still don't know what the issues are, and they don't know. And then they just vote for whoever you know they know. Um, well, but it goes a little bit beyond that to me because it's not just that they're it's not that they're unaware of the issues. It's that they're relying on the CNNs and the MSNBCs version of an issue to make their determination instead of actually, you know, looking, opening up the door to a classroom at school and listening to what a teacher is actually teaching or going to a uh, school board meeting or going to a county council board meeting and actually hearing what they're passing and and not only that but what they're passing publicly and what they're talking about behind the scenes because 
those are sometimes two very different things. Um, what they're what they're outwardly telling the public and what they're actually doing. So um, you know, and they rely on these mainstream media. And here it's the the Frederick News Post, which you know, God bless them. But they, you know, just like I told Chuck Jenkins, our sheriff, when when I talked to him, um, I don't think he's ever gotten a fair shake with them. I mean, they they will sit there and interview him for forty five minutes, and then the next day a newspaper article comes out that's completely the opposite of everything he said. So, uh, you know, if you're relying on the mainstream media or, you know, the pay for play media, I'll say, um, to, if that's where you're getting your information, then, you know, you're, you're going to be lost. Yeah. That's what concerns me because they're providing this false narrative, this alternate perspective. And I think, you know, you talked about it a little bit ago about, um, Republican values tend to win, or um, I guess. Well, the ideas certainly win. They're, they're certainly winning ideas. I think you, were also, you were talking about like what your platform and, and your perspective on things, but the problem is other people see the same issue and they look at it from a different lens. Yeah. So they're looking at, you know, when they look at their kids and in school and what they're being taught, they're like, oh, well, their teacher's just trying to be more inclusive, so that's a good thing. But in fact, from our perspective, they're they're give, they're teaching them things that they really shouldn't be taught. Um, so I guess my concern is like how how best to reach out and get people to actually be open and willing to see different perspectives. I mean, you know, it becomes the same thing with a wide range of political issues. I, I always think of abortion. I guess it's such a big issue, but like there's such a clear perspective. Difference, yeah, absolutely. Where it's either the woman's right, you know, to choose, or you're talking about advocating for saving babies and lives. Like, I can see where both of them are based in wanting, you know, I guess a good value, a good principle. Nobody's trying; they don't love killing babies, and and Republicans don't love. Uh, Forcing moms, forcing, yeah, forcing pregnancies and moms. Like, so it's just it's, but they're two clear different perspectives. So I, it's a big challenge to try to reach out and actually get people to accept and or and be willing to listen to other perspectives mm-hmm. when they have these CNNs driving this stuff down their throat. Right. I don't know if you can expand on any of that. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, as it stands right now in Frederick County. The Fred News Post holds a monopoly on information. Right. They're it. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it's going to take um, news outlets, podcasts like this one right here, to offer an alternative um, alternate message and a message of ideas. My um, dog is currently bothering him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so that's why I would love to um, shine the light on our, on our accounting government um, because right now it just stands the only person, only people that really um, – cover the county council or board of education is the first news post so they get to determine what everyone finds out from those meetings right and so that's why i would love to create a partnership with our wdvm wfmd yep and our and our alternate medias to um to bring back what we once had back in 2014 with um the blaine billy kirby uh, board of county commissioners love them or hate them they brought the news into our council, our council meetings, our, our board of county commissioners meetings, and um, everybody knew what was going on. 
right? But now um, the news kind of been effectively shut out, yeah, right? And so there's just one one outlet that tells you what happened at every single meeting and how you should feel about it. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I, I've asked, um, gosh, I don't know how many emails I've sent or and phone calls I've made to uh, just get somebody to come and talk about why they're making a decision on something that their decision and you you almost virtually never get it i'm uh what's her karen karen yoho is that her name uh-huh. is it karen yeah, yeah she is a karen <laughs> um but you know i I sent her an email when uh, there was an issue at Linganore High School with a kid that pulled a knife on some other kid and they were going to fight or whatever and the kid got kicked out. But it turns out that this was an issue that's been going on in that school for a considerable amount of time. So I reached out to all the board commissioners and uh, I got a response back from you. I think she was the vice president of the board at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a response back from her and her response to me was, we're taught, the very first thing we're taught is that we don't respond to media requests. I'm like, um, okay, that makes zero sense. You're an elected official. So right. yeah, that nice try. I go, and oh, by the way, I wasn't asking you about a specific student. I was asking you about an incident and what you knew and what the superintendent knew and when you knew it. So I'm not asking, because that was her thing. She was pushing back, oh, we know we can't talk about personnel issues. It's not a personnel issue. I'm asking you about what you knew as a board about this issue and what the superintendent knew at the, and I got no response to that follow-up. So uh, yeah, transparency is huge. Um, and uh, it, well, it's a huge issue and we do not have it. We do not have it. I want to touch on that. Uh, you know, talk about board of education members and what they knew or didn't know. And talk about Brad Young now. I think that yeah. we, we need to talk about Brad Young. Yeah, you know? absolutely. We need to talk about Brad Young in the, in the DOJ. Or so, so Brad Young is one of our, um, uh, education board. He's been the head of the, yeah, the he's president. the president. He's president. the president of the education board here in the county for quite some time. Yeah. Go ahead, Mason. Sorry. You know, um, so the DOJ did a federal investigation into um, abuse and into abuse and seclusion or restraint and seclusion. And uh, we found that this is over 2,000 incidents yeah. of restraint and seclusion, not only of students, but our special needs students. Yeah. Right, and so our, our most vulnerable students are being um, unlawfully restrained and secluded, um, and so this this is a sort of abuse that's been pushed under the, under the rug, and um, we know that our board of education knew about it. Mm -hmm. And um, Senator Huff, he wrote, he had a has a report on this incident, and um, the then president of the board of, board of education, Brad Young, was named multiple times, or he had to have known about these incidents. And did nothing about it. Yep. To me, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to understand that a little bit better because to me, if there's that many instances, it's not a teacher issue; it's a policy issue. Somebody was directing them. To well, the problem is there was no policy, mm -hmm. so the problem was that. It, and and let me back up a little bit because this was a hundred, a hundred and fifty students total, over two thousand instances instances where restraint or seclusion was used somebody, against and, 150 kids. Whether it was, you know, written policy or whatever, if somebody was being directed to handle the students in that way. Well, no, they were they were left to their own devices to decide and determine when that was appropriate. There was the problem is is there was no policy. 
even though there is a state and federal policy, I believe, if I remember reading correctly, there is already a state and federal policy that governs when you can use those two particular types of uh, whatever. Um, but, but the county didn't have a policy and they were not adhering to the state and federal policy. So that was the issue with that whole thing. And um, we lost a superintendent over it. Not yeah, that yeah, I think yeah. anyone's upset about that. But. Well, right, but was it, you know, I think she got off pretty lightly. Well, she got a million dollars. She got a million dollars to leave. So. Parachute, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I bring it up because um, now after this, this dropping the ball mm -hmm. as president of the Board of Education, um, he wants a promotion. He's, now he's, he's running for county council, county council. at large. Yep. And uh, luckily, we have two very, very qualified, very great candidates running against him, uh, Phil Dacey and Tony Schmelick, who I've, I've become very um, good friends with. And they're just – I can't speak highly enough about them. They're, they're very great people, and I'll be uh, campaigning with them to ensure that um, these, these people who have done terrible things – to our most vulnerable students yep. can never get a promotion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now you have a campaign event coming up here. I do. Um, next week? Is it next well, week? Well, this is not until October, so it's almost, oh, that's almost it. a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about that. What's going on? Yeah, so... Um, and this is for our local Frederick people. If, you, uh, uh, if you're in the area and you want to attend, here you go. Or, or the people that want to fly into... Yeah, to whatever. Frederick, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, this will be October 13th, 6 to 8 p.m. at Carriage House Inn in Emmitsburg on Seton Avenue, right off 15. It'll be $25 for admission. Uh, that includes food and a cash bar. And so we'll be closing out our campaign, our very last fundraiser, our last Save River County fundraiser. So it's going to be a great time, good music, good people, good conversations. So I'd love to have everybody there. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's a Thursday evening. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. So that's awesome. Um, what? And I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, mm. um, but I'm gonna because <laughs> that's just what I do. Um, so what's what's Mason Carson Mason Carter's uh, political future? I mean, if you you win this and you're doing this for you know what is it a two four year term? It's a four year term. So four year term, uh, you're doing this. What do you see beyond that? Do you do you have ambitions to to move state level, federal level? I mean, is that something that you're eyeballing, or are you just? Yeah, I mean, obviously, right now you're focused on right. you know November eighth, um, and then the term that comes after that. But uh, what do you what do you what are your plans beyond that? You know, so you're a young guy, so you got a lot of time. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, but like you said. You know, it's just all about November 8th right now. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give the politician answer. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just want to win this campaign. I don't have ambitions. I never had ambitions to run for this seat. Yeah. I'll tell you. Um, what the future holds, no one knows. Right? And so as it stands, I'm running for county council. I want to be on the county council. We have a lot of things to do, a lot of work to do, yep. a lot of things to repeal over the last eight years that we're done. Um, but... Who knows? That's really yeah. my answer. Who knows? No, that's good. I, I, I'm not. I'm not actively looking for another campaign to run. Um, if we do our four years, eight years, whatever we decide, we decide is best, that um, might be game over. Who knows? You know, yeah. um, if an opportunity presents itself, we'll look into. Well, and the good thing is, is like I said, you're a young guy. Um, you're you're a, a young Republican guy, which is a rarity. <laughs> um, 
And, and, and so I think there's certainly a, at least in my perspective, there's certainly an avenue for you um, if you wanted to do that. And, you know, again, that's a personal decision. And, um, you know, as you said, you know, young guy, of course, 18, um, politics is, is not a career. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I made that, um, I try to make that as clear as possible. Um, and that's something that um, I've really been against for the longest time because you, you see people in Congress and in the Senate who've been there for 40 years, yeah. right? And, um, they, and they started when they were 22, 25. Uh, like, like Joe Biden yeah. right now, he's about like 100 years old and he started when he was really young. Um, that's, that's not how it should be, right? People, you're not elected to serve for 45 years, 50 years. You're elected to serve your, your term. And if you have more ambitions, you'll run for a higher office, but you really shouldn't be in the game for any longer than I'm, I'm even going to push it here. You shouldn't be in the game for any longer than at least 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not at least that's as much most, as you should yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah. Most 20 years. Um, so yeah, I don't have ambition is, to be here for, for 20 years. And the problem is, that. the problem is, you know, with that is, you know, people talk about term limits all the time. We mm -hmm. need term limits, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get term limits when the people who have to vote for term limits are the ones that are right. sitting in those seats. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's tough. That's tough. So, but that's interesting. Do you have any other career aspirations then? Or, you know, I, I think it's always a good, um, experiential value to have like military experience mm -hmm. in your background as a, as a politician. Um, anything like that? What, what are you thinking? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I wanted to be a police officer since I was five years old, right? I um, I was a police officer for Halloween when I was five years old. And, uh, <laughs> I wore that that costume much much later beyond October thirty first, <laughs> right? I run around the house and that, but uh, but that's always been with me. I always wanted to be a police officer, and I've been speaking with the Maryland State Police recently about um, doing their cadet program, and um, that's awesome. Unfortunately, as it, as it stands right now, we wouldn't be able to um, to do that as, as a councilman just with with time right. constraints and whatnot. Um, but another avenue after after uh, political involvement, I would definitely definitely like to get into police, and that's always been something I wanted to that's do. That's very cool. I hope you can. I, I would like to see you stay in politics, but still have that same mentality and try to bolster your um, credentials outside of politics as well at the same time. Well, you so, can always go be a police officer and then run for sheriff. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> not against Chuck. Not against Chuck. No, well, no, I don't think you have to worry about it at that yeah. point. Uh, uh, no, I, I think it, it, yes, it, it will add value, but you can potentially help more with holding a political seat. So, you know, I, I really do appreciate that. I think, you know, rather than going to be a meat cop somewhere, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's cool and interesting, but you may have more power to do more as long as you have the right perspective. That's all you need. So I think, I think that's great. One thing I wanted to quickly ask about the same, mm -hmm. same kind of thing is, is, um, you, your your age is do you think once if, if you were to um become elected do you think that that i i, I thought that would be a great barrier for you to or a hurdle to accomplish and that it should no longer be a barrier for you so i guess what i'm trying to say is do you think getting over that hurdle that age hurdle is going to um be significant for you yeah when I filed, I was just I was just a seventeen year old, right? Yeah. And so it, it the whole part, step one of my campaign was just gaining legitimacy, right? Um, having people understand that this isn't a joke, this isn't 
um, some prank. I didn't lose a fantasy football league. You know, <laughs> um, I'm in the, I'm in this legitimately, and so uh, what really helped that was it was having the backing of um, of former county commissioners, um, municipal leaders, uh, and, and they they helped me a lot in the very beginning. I like to thank um, Kirby DeLauder. He's he's been awesome, um, and so. Now that we've gotten past this hurdle, it's, it's full speed ahead. It's just a lot of sprint to the finish. No, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you had a lot of support mm-hmm. you know, from those other political leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of times, and this isn't, I, and, you know, I don't know how, you know, Democrats handle their stuff, but a, a lot of times what hurts the Republican Party in campaigns is more the in i don't want to say in fighting because it's not really in fighting but it's certainly not in helping uh, <laughs> you know what i mean i mean more times than not you have a strong candidate but you have a third person who is unhappy because they didn't win or something like that and then their their sole purpose in life instead of what's best for the county state or federal government is they're pissed off that they lost to you. And so they're going to do everything in their power to go again. Look at, look at, uh, you know, what the uh, Democrats are doing nationally, uh, dumping millions and millions and millions of dollars on what they believe are the weaker of the two Republican candidates that are going to be running against them. Um, which I don't know how they don't, how that's not considered, uh, uh, voter, uh, what is it? What's the word they like to use where they talk about, uh, uh, affecting a effect, affecting a vote voter, voter not voter suppression voter but it's like uh, not intimidation but um, uh, voter engineering I think is like a term that they use where they're trying to engineer the weaker candidate to win and to go up against their candidate because they feel that that makes us strong. So, and, you know, the big thing that they always say about the Republican Party, oh, you guys are interfering in elections and you guys are doing, well, how is that not interference in an election? You are, you are actively throwing millions of dollars at a candidate that you think is weak so that you can win. How is it not? And that's the kind of, but the problem is, is, and I say this all the time, I love my Republican Party, but their messaging is shit most of the time on these kinds of things. And it's the same, it's no different than staying silent and expecting that, oh, well, I see that my inflation is high, so obviously I don't have to say anything because everybody knows that. No, you need to get out there and say it. And you need to say it 100,000 times a day, and you need to say it in front of 100,000 people. Uh, And again, all credit to you, Mason, because I think that your campaign, um, you've done that. You've done the legwork, you've done the door knocking, um, and, and, you know, kudos to you because, um, it's not an easy thing to do and it's a time consuming thing and it's a costly thing and signs are costly and everything is costly. Um, so, uh, good on you, uh, for doing it. You got any, uh, parting messages that you want to send us with? No, well, um, at the end of the day, moving forward now, it's all about coordination. Right, it's about coordinating with every single body of government. That that comes down um, to our board of education, coordinating with them. Now that that goes out to school capacities, uh, coordinating with our with our board of education, coordinating with our municipal leaders. Right, because right now 
there, there's for a reason there's, there's a fine line between the two uh, governments and we're not working together at all. I think that's mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, that's really stupid, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if we want to see our, our county go the right way, then we have to coordinate with each other. Um, and that's why we see kind of some out of control um, growth without the necessary and adequate facilities in place, right? The infrastructure, the roads, the school, you name it. Um, so that, that was one thing that I was really, really um, keen on doing was bring coordination back from our county government to all of our different bodies, because then we're going to run as one well-oiled machine instead of three, you know, squeaky wheels. Right. Right. Um, but we've been doing that. And I, it looks like we're going to be able to finally bridge the gap. Right. <laughs> I've been in contact with every single municipal government um, in my districts. And it seems we're all on the same page. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you are here in the Frederick County area and specifically District 5, November 8th, you have a choice. Um, you know, you can run for run for the things that uh, Mason has talked about here tonight. Um or you can vote for we don't know what because I can't find anything on the uh, other candidate that's uh, that's running for it. And hopefully, you know, hopefully I get a message back from her um, and she's willing to come and sit down and have a conversation so we can find out what she's all about. Um, I'm not holding my breath, but I've been surprised before. So, uh, but Mason, best of luck to you. We're going to keep up with you. And, uh, you know, you live just down the road from me. Right. So it's not like uh, I can't go snatch you and, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and bring you back down here. But uh, best of luck to you. Um, uh, I think you're, I think you're a great candidate. I think that, uh, you know, you've just got, you've got what it takes and um, probably what Frederick County needs. So good luck. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just going to congratulate you on everything you've done so far, and I'm looking forward to the future. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. We've held him here long enough hostage. Um, not hostage like, you know, flying somebody to, you know, some nice private island in, <laughs> outside of New York, but um, certainly <laughs> certainly hostage here in my kitchen long enough. Um, and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Tuesday's going to be uh, another trash talking Tuesday. We'll see what uh, – I think I'm going to leave this one up to Jimmy. I think Jimmy's going to come up with the uh, the trash talking Tuesday topic this this week. So uh, we will talk to you all on Tuesday. And again, you know, if you have any, uh, you know, like I said, Mason lives just down the road from me. If you have any questions um, that you'd like to hear an answer from Mason, send them to me, and uh, or send them. You can go to Mason's website. He has a Facebook page and a website. Um, you can send questions there, or you can send them to me, and I can get them to him. So. Just let us know, and yeah, we'll see you on Tuesday.